good, baby, yeah, it's time to go. Come and kick it with the host with the most mojo. Got the number one daily podcast in the game. MC Matty Pace, I came to entertain. Your one-stop shop for everything dope. Make you laugh, make you think, and I'll even give you hope. So while you laid back with your phone in your palm, subscribe and log on, MattyMoShow.com. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Matty Pace coming at you live from the Matty Mo Show, the host, the most mojo. Kicking off episode 922, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, episode 922, a delightful one just for you. But if this is, however, your first time tuning into the Matty Mo Show, thank you for lending me your ears and attention. Second off, hop into the iTunes podcast section where you can subscribe to the Matty Mo Show and have every episode up there for free listening download now. But without any further ado, it is my distinct honor and pleasure to deliver straight to you episode 9. 22, a delightful one just for you. Why? Because it is none other than Sunye Inspirations. Ladies and gentlemen, that's right. Hello and welcome to this week's iconic edition of Sunye Inspirations, where as always, I have some positive, inspiring, impacting, and empowering feel-good news stories that you will not hear anywhere else. I guarantee it. All the stories for tonight's Epicast are brought to you by goodnewsnetwork.org, so be sure to go on and check them out. But without any further ado, let's Let's jump into the first story of the night now, shall we? Now, even though this first story was aired on ABC News, it was too good for me not to share it with you, especially if you haven't heard it yet. From rags to riches is an understatement, as you'll hear in this inspiring first story of the evening, entitled, After years of waking at 4am to haul trash, student is accepted into Harvard, and his reaction is pure joy. Published by Sarah Brigell, July 22nd, 2020. When you think of Harvard Law School, a few things probably come to mind. Wealth, prestige, distinguished libraries, maybe sweater vests. You likely wouldn't conjure a picture of a sanitation worker getting up at 4 a.m. to clean dumpsters and sort trash before school. But then you don't know Rahan Staten. While getting into Harvard Law School is no easy feat or just about anyone, Rahan, whose single parent family was poor, truly had his work cut out for him. And he doesn't take all the credit either. He gives most of it to the people around him. The 24-year-old college student told today, After going through everything that we did as a family, I just felt that we got into Harvard and like, I just can't even explain it. It was we. The community around him made all the difference, he says. Rahan admits he was hungry for more after living through years of family struggles and poverty. While growing up in Bowie, Maryland, his mother abandoned the family and moved out of the country when he was just eight years old. However, that was also when he began learning the value of hard work. His father had to labor at multiple jobs to support Rahan and his older brother Reggie. Those times tested the family as a whole. As Rahan's grades slipped, he channeled his energy into sports. He excelled at boxing and martial arts and won national and international competitions, which he hoped would become his way out of poverty, but a rotator cuff injury would derail those plans completely. After years of struggling, Rahan's high school grades were so poor that he was rejected from every college that he applied to. So instead of heading off to college at 18, he took a job at Bates Trucking and Trash. Most of his colleagues there had been formerly incarcerated as well. For many individuals, taking the job would feel like an utter low point. But for Rahan, it was when his life began to turn around. It was the first time in my life a group of individuals that weren't my father or my brother just came around me and 
really just empowered me, uplifted me, told me I was intelligent. He believed the hype when his co-workers urged him to go back to school and one of the company owners, Brent Bates, helped him enroll in Bowie State University. Rahan earned a 4.0 grade point average and was able to transfer to the University of Maryland. But Rahan's struggles still weren't over. During his junior year at Maryland, his father suffered a stroke and Rahan had to return to work at Bates in order to save their family home. Many people wouldn't give up, but he doubled down on his schedule. Instead of dropping out of school, he woke each day at 4 a.m. to work his sanitation shift before class. He graduated in 2018 with accolades and was chosen to give a student commencement speech. When he took his LSAT test, he scored exceptionally well in the 80th percentile and began applying to law schools. Rahan set his sights high on Harvard. Luckily, because that school comes with a hefty price tag, the young man found another supporter. Carmi McCook, a communications coach who calls him her protege, started a GoFundMe page to help him with the cost. The initial goal was $75,000, but it surged to over $185,000 in donations. Carmi wrote on the page, I felt incredibly strong empathy and admiration for him. A bond was formed and I told him I'd always be there for him if he needed me for anything. He now calls me Ma. When it came time to finally hear the news whether Harvard had accepted him or not, Rahan recorded the moment on video. With his brother sitting next to him, he opened the notice on his computer and their reaction was pure joy. Yes, Rahan is smart, but what makes his achievement even more admirable is his courageous journey to this moment, said his mentor. While most people heading to Harvard Law have the grades, the financial support, and maybe the sweater vest, Rahan just had his own painful story to stand on, the same story that makes him an inspiration. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our first story of the evening. And as I said, it was too good not to share. If you want to see the news interview of this young man as well, just visit thegoodnewsnetwork.org or you can DM me at mattymoshow.com for this one or any of the three stories that you hear tonight. But what a great way to kick things off. And now it is time to head over into our second inspiring story, which will show you how a woman who was down to her last $7 created price change for the ones around her entitled single mom donates lottery win anonymously to wounded policemen but officers track her down to reciprocate published by Michael Goonan July 26 2020 it seemed that life was finally giving her a break a single mom down to her last seven dollars found a one dollar bill in a grocery store parking lot so she walked back into the store bought a lottery ticket and won one hundred dollars just like that her luck began turning around. Most of us in that position would probably keep the $100 and breathe a sigh of relief, but not Shatara Sims. At the urging of her 12-year-old daughter, Rakaya, she decided to donate all of her winnings to the family of a local Kansas City police officer wounded in the line of duty. For the Sims family, they desire to pay it forward is personal. When Shatara's eldest daughter was killed in 2012, Kansas City police officers went above and beyond to support her family as much as possible. The detectives were really there for us. They were there for us more than anyone I can imagine. They did things they didn't have to do, Shatara told CNN. They came to see my kids. They did a lot. They were fathers 
therapist. They were everything. Not wanting to make a fuss about her generosity, Shatara called the Kansas City Police Department and made her donation anonymously. She told the officers on the phone that she had been dealing with several hardships of her own, recently losing her job due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But in spite of what she was going through, Shatara felt that the family of the wounded officer needed the $100 more than she did. The police tried to convince her to reconsider, but Shatara was insistent. Since she didn't even leave her name and number, she assumed that brief phone conversation and her sense of inner satisfaction would be the end of the story. It didn't take long though until the local police precincts were abuzz, touched by Shatara's kindness and gratitude. A group of officers became determined to find her to express their own thanks. To hear her call and just express thanks for no reason other than she's thankful, it's really impactful to us, Kansas City Police Department Sergeant Jake Bacina told CNN. After finally locating Shatara, the police department decided to set up a GoFundMe page to help her family with her financial situation. They called the campaign, Helping the Woman with a Heart of Gold, and the response was overwhelming, with strangers and officers donating more than $145,000. People like her are hard to come by, wrote Kansas City resident Chantal Childs on the police department's Facebook post that announced the campaign. A person that would give to a stranger and not eat for herself. She deserves support. It's amazing to see my community come together for this person. Makes me proud. Last Sunday, Shatara and Rakaya visited the wounded officer's colleagues at work, some of whom were on the scene when Officer T was critically injured in the line of duty. In a Facebook post, the department expressed its gratitude for being able to connect with these generous souls. It took a while to find them, but we're so glad we did. Sergeant Jake said that it it is kindness like Shatara's that really keeps police officers serving and protecting even when times are tough. Her gesture may have seemed small at the time, but it ended up touching people's lives in a way she could have never imagined. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. What a phenomenal second story and one that I hope you all enjoyed as much as I did. Now it's time to head into our third and final story of the evening. And I think this one will make for a grand slam of an episode. So get ready for this one man's epic journey across the sea to unite with his father, but not in an ordinary fashion, more like something straight out of a Disney movie. Get ready for this final story entitled, After COVID Cancels All Flights, One Man Sailed Solo Across the Atlantic to Reach His 90-Year-Old Father, published by Judy Cole, July 24th, 2020. Most of us know the adage, you can't go home again, but seems Juan Manuel Ballestero never got the memo. As the true implications of the COVID-19 crisis grew increasingly dire, Ballestero wanted more than anything else to be reunited with his elderly parents in Argentina in time for his father's upcoming 90th birthday. The problem? Ballestero was in Portugal and all international flights had been cancelled. With a daunting 5,600 miles and the Atlantic Ocean between him and his family, Ballestero was faced with a seemingly insurmountable dilemma. But the 47-year-old mariner came up with a daring solution, he'd simply sail home. Sensing time was of the essence, Ballestero feared the local port would soon begin restricting travel as well. The urgency of the situation left him with no window to second-guess his decision. Within 24 hours, he decided to take the one-way ticket and there was no going back. He'd been right too. By the time he was ready to embark, authorities on the tiny Portuguese island of Porto Santo warned him that if he left, 
left, he could not return. I didn't want to stay like a coward on an island where there were no cases, Ballestero told the New York Times. I wanted to do everything possible to return home. The most important thing for me was to be with my family. A scant few days later, after provisioning his 29-foot sailboat with what he hoped would be enough rice, fruit, canned tuna, and wine to sustain him, Ballestero made ready to weigh anchor. Trusting that faith would get him where he needed to go, like a modern-day Odysseus, he set sail in mid-March, hoping to make landfall in his home port of Mar del Plata in 75 days. Like that of Odysseus, Ballesteros' voyage wasn't without hardships or danger. His food supply dwindled, and authorities at Cape Verde, the port where he'd hoped to restock, refused him entry. Once past the equator, he ran out of fuel and was left to rely purely on wind power. On day 38, he even ran out of wine. Then the wind quit, leaving his sailboat sitting in the doldrums for 10 whole days. During that time, barnacles grew on the hull, which would create drag and slow him down, so he was forced to dive under the vessel and scrape them off, risking a shark attack. With no one aboard to help should he run into trouble, the situation was potentially perilous, but Ballestero proved lucky. The wind eventually picked up again, allowing him to resume course. As the journey dragged on, Ballesteros' faith was continually challenged, but he never truly panicked. I wasn't afraid, but I did have a lot of uncertainty. It was very strange to sail in the middle of a pandemic with humanity teetering around me, he told the Times. Faith keeps you standing in these situations. While Ballestero endured numerous adversities, the voyage also afforded him glimpses of Mother Nature's grace as well. For most of the final leg of his crossing, a playful pod of dolphins provided welcome company racing alongside him. By the time Ballestero reached home, 85 days had elapsed. Immediately upon entering the port, he was tested for COVID-19 and cleared. Exhausted but ecstatic, Juan Manuel and his dad were reunited just in time for Father's Day. Just like the saga of Odysseus, Juan Manuel's exploits revealed a few key truths. For the Argentine son who would be stuck halfway across the globe facing his father's mortality alone. There's no place like home. And for the sailor whose skill and faith is steadfast, where there's a will, there's surely to be a way. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our third and final story of the evening, and all just as inspiring as the next, man. I hope you enjoyed the story selection today, and if you'd like to see an interview or pictures of the dolphins and stuff like that of this man's epic journey, just hit up goodnewsnetwork.org, or like I said in the first story, just DM me for the link at mattymoshow.com where I will be more than happy to shoot it over to you. But now it is time for the quote of the day provided by the Good News Network and today's is, as a well-spent day brings happy sleep, so a life well-used brings happy death. And that was said by Leonardo da Vinci, but stick around because the final thought is coming at you live in three, two, one, let's get it. Life will prove challenging, but fulfilling. In moments of adversity, we can't be certain that everything will play out in our favor, but we can be sure that having faith and determination will keep us strong no matter the outcome. It's not about the struggle that matters, it's about what you choose to become through it. Let your life be a product of you and never quit or back down because times get tough. Let them shape and mold you to be better. You've got this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so 
there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this week's Sonya Inspirations. The selection of stories were fire. I hope you loved them as much as I did, man. Like I said, if you want any of the links to any of those stories, just hit me up at MattyMoShow.com, on IG at Matty underscore Pace, or on the Matty Mo Show Facebook page. But I truly appreciate you stopping by. I hope you enjoy the remainder of your evening and get ready for a nice little Monday where I'm always going to be capping it off to bring you the heat to start your week. But as for right now, this is Matty Pace coming at you live from the Matty Mo Show, the host, the most mojo, saying one life, one love, I'm out.